Well, good morning, everyone. We want to welcome you to Evangelical Free Church. We're glad that you're here this morning to worship with us as you come in and find a seat. And I'm sure this won't be the first time, at least I hope it's not the first time you hear this today, but happy Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you'll be back with us this evening as we uh, have our uh, Thanksgiving fellowship potluck tonight. But um, as we begin our, our, our morning, as we get ready to worship, we're going to look to the Word of God. I'm going to invite you all to come in and find a seat as we uh, read from uh, the Scriptures from Psalm 108, the first six verses. Let me read from uh, God's Holy Word. It says, My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre, I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations, for your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth, that your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer me. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, that is our prayer, Lord, that uh, your glory would fill the earth, Lord, that we would give praises to your holy name. Lord, as we uh, gather together this morning in worship, God, I pray that our hearts would be tuned to you, Lord, that our thoughts would be on you as we sing, Lord, as we have your word open to us today, God. I pray that you would guide us in our worship of you, God, that we would um, enter into this day as we um, as we fellowship and worship, Lord, but also as we fellowship around a meal later this evening, God, that our hearts would be turned toward you in gratitude and thankfulness, Lord, and uh, we, we do thank you, God, for all the blessings that you've shown us. We thank you especially for the blessing and the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, that was made on our behalf, Lord, that we might have fellowship with you, Lord, and so we just turn our hearts now to you as we sing, uh, lifting up our hearts to you in song, God. I pray that you, again, would guide us in our worship. It's in your, in your name that we pray, amen. invite you to stand with us as we sing we bring the sacrifice of praise we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart i will enter his courts with praise i will say this is the day that the lord has made i will rejoice for he has made me glad he has made me glad 
he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Good singing this morning, church. Turn around and tell someone you're thankful for Jesus and you're thankful that they're here today. much it cost 
to see my sin upon that cross i'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross here i am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to say that you're my god you're all together lovely all together worthy all together wonderful to me so here i am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to say that you're my god you're all together lovely all together worthy all together wonderful to me thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the holy one give thanks because he's given jesus christ his son give thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the holy one give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. And now say I am strong let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us give thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the Holy One give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Give thanks. Amen. 
You may be seated. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's good to be here together with you all. Yeah, that was good. Well, you know, one of my wishes, you know, was that I could be Joe Canacci, you know, and today, you see in the bulletin, I'm Joe Canacci. Thank you, Joe, for letting me be you today, all right? Thank you for that. That's, very good. That's a big blessing to me. <laughs> and uh, sorry for that little bit of confusion there. Well, that is a great song we just sang, be, uh, Give Thanks. You know, what an important thing to do. And, um, you know, a Thanksgiving holiday is, um, is certainly a great time. You know, one of the great things about it is uh, our kids come home from college. Now, my, I don't have kids that way, but I see the gentry's got Rebecca here back. I mean, man, living. That must be exciting. I Probably there are other kids that have come home from uh, for college, and it's great to see them here. And uh, today I met a couple new people, and I know there's... I wish I knew you all really, really well, but I uh, had a chance to talk with Carlos. I don't know if you see Carlos. Where are you, Carlos? Well, there you are, Carlos. Really great meeting Carlos back there. Thank you. Really great to have you here, Carlos. And Wayne, I hadn't met Wayne before. I bet Wayne's been here a bunch of times, but Wayne, great. But the rest of you, you know, it's great to, great to be with you all. And, um, you know, I think uh, Thanksgiving is, um, I would call it maybe the forgotten holiday. And, um, you know, it's a... Um, you know, to me, it's not really about celebrating a historical, historical event. It's about taking a day to do an action together, to take an action. And that action is to thank God and be grace, uh, thankful about what he's blessed us with as a country and as a person. Um, and I think we forget that. And, you know, a lot of, um, if you look at some of our history about Thanksgiving, it really is really asking the people of God or people of this country to take that day to thank God. And, and how many of us... You know, uh, of the people of this country, remember that. I know that we'll be doing that today uh, as a church, and I, I hope that you're, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving coming up here, and you plan to have some of that to focus your um, thankfulness to God, because He has blessed us greatly. Um, so let's uh, let's look at a few announcements. Um, we do have that potluck today at five o'clock, and you're all welcome to come. Uh, we'll have singing and sharing and um, and feasting and. Um, and so I think everyone's welcome, aren't they, Carol and Peggy? Everyone that wants to come, please plan to come uh, at 5 o'clock. We'll have a big, uh, big dinner together, and we'll have some fun together. So I um, hope you can plan to join us at 5 o'clock today. Um, and we thank you, uh, Women's Committee, uh, Peggy and Carol, for all your leadership to put that together. And let's see, um, the Missionary of the Month is uh, Emily Hostetler. Um, she has a card, if you want to get a prayer card for her, uh, that's out there. But she sure gave a great testimony when she was here in person. What an effective uh, missionary she is. Um, sure enjoyed meeting her when she was here in our church. We do have uh, the pastor's class today at 11 a.m. in the music room, uh, a journey through the New Testament. Um, let's see, we um, have a new members class coming up in January. Stay tuned. It'll likely to be on January 9th, 16th, and 23rd at the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, and uh, so uh, if you uh, are interested in membership or knowing about the church or just learning about the church, uh, that those classes would be great, January 9th, 16th, and 23rd. Offering boxes in the back. Remember uh, to, uh, to put those offerings uh, that you would have uh, there. So um, our 
Our passage today is in Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Great passage of scripture. Um, an awful lot about Thanksgiving in there. And um, so um, it might be a great passage for uh, your Thanksgiving uh, reading uh, even. So let's stand and we'll uh, read the word of God in Colossians <coughs> Colossians 3, uh, 12 through 17. Hear, uh, hear the word of the Lord. Hear God's word. Um, and uh, so it says, um, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Lord, bless his word. You may be seated. Um, Join me in prayer. Dear God, as a congregation, we are uh, drawing our attention to, uh, to you who sit in heaven, who are the ruler of all, the creator of all. Lord, as a body, as we sit where we are sitting, Lord, um, we, uh, we want to focus our praises and blessings to you. Um, Lord, uh, you are a great God. You have blessed us with so much. Thank you for our homes, for our family, for our work, for our church. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for creating this wonderful world, a beautiful day. Lord, we thank you and praise you. And Lord, um, we, need, we needed a Savior. We needed help, desperate help. Lord, we confess our sins. We are sinners, and we have the flesh that still wars with our spirit, and we confess that we need salvation that comes from the blood of Christ. Dear, dear God, we thank you for that salvation. Lord, and um, we pray for um, this church and the ministries of this church. We pray for our... Um, Pray for our deacons and deaconesses, our women's ministry, our school. Um, we pray for the leaders of the elders. We pray for, pray for our pastors. Dear God, we, um, we pray for our Sunday school teachers. Dear God, may uh, the work we do in this church bring glory and blessings to you. Lord, we want to remember that um, we love this church and like attending this church, but you have a church all over this world. And we pray for that church all over the world. We remember Emily, uh, our missionary of the month, who is serving in Africa. And we pray that uh, you may bless her ministry. We know that many places in the world your church is persecuted and people are suffering for your name. Dear God, give them comfort and strength. Dear God, may you give them a way um, that they will find relief from that persecution if it be your will. And may they grow from the suffering as you use suffering in our lives. Father, uh, there are those in our congregation, each one of us seated here, know people that are uh, discouraged, are, um, 
are sick or in the hospital. Dear God, uh, as we sit here today, may uh, you hear the names of all those people in our hearts as we pray and ask you for, um, for uh, help to those people and comfort and healing. Dear God, we, um, we pray for um, the offerings received today that uh, this church might wisely use them to your honor and glory. Uh, dear Father, be with the pastor today as he preaches. May we hear, may we hear your word and give you glory and, uh, and bless you as we hear your words uh, taught. Um, and uh, we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, our children can be dismissed to their classes. You follow your teachers out and The rest of you, I'm going to invite you to stand as we continue in our worship, as we sing, My Heart is Filled with Thankfulness. My heart is filled with thankfulness to him who bore my pain, who plowed the depths of my disgrace and gave me life again who crushed my curse of sinfulness and clothed me with his life and wrote his law of righteousness with power upon my heart my heart is filled with thankfulness to him who walks beside who floods my weaknesses with strength and causes fears to fly whose every promise is enough for every step I take sustaining me with arms of love and crowning me with grace. My heart is filled with thankfulness to him who reigns above, whose wisdom is my perfect peace, whose every thought is love. For every day I have on earth is given by the king so I will give my life my all to love and follow him for every day I have on earth is given by the king so I will give my life my all to love and follow be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to be with you here this morning in the house of the Lord. 
And I'm really looking forward to all that will take place today, not only our time of worship this morning, but our gathering this afternoon as we come and share and have testimony and encourage one another and enjoy some of the bounty of, of God over this past year. We had a great time last night in town. Congratulations to the Bell Choir. They did a fantastic job playing in front of mugshots, and we also had other family members of the church that were performing in town. It was really a, a great evening uh, to see folks out and enjoying being together as families, and it was a reminder to me that we have a great opportunity coming up. All throughout the holiday season, beginning now with Thanksgiving and Christmas shopping and Advent, we can share the truth of the light of the, word, light of the world. And so let's take advantage of that. We live in a culture that is in agony, it's in angst, it's full of worry, it's full of anger. The gospel addresses all those things. And we have an opportunity then to present the solution instead of perpetuating the problem, which sometimes we're tempted to do, and I hope that we'll resist that temptation. Well, it was a moment in my life that I will never forget. It was a moment to remember, it was a moment to cherish, it was a moment that deeply impacted my understanding of the biblical idea of thanksgiving. In October of 1990, I was a young missionary in West Africa, and we had made arrangements to go to the country of Cameroon to have a month-long training of evangelism and discipleship for pastors serving there with the Cameroon Baptist Convention. One of the reasons we went to that part of the world was to train African leaders so that they could plant new churches and lead these groups that God was forming as the gospel was being preached. And on one of the Sunday mornings that we were there, they celebrated what they called their Harvest Thanksgiving, which was an adaptation of the biblical feast of first fruits, of giving thanks. Now, this was in an African village situation, and so as we're approaching this little rural church, avoiding the mud puddles along the way because it was the rainy season, there was excitement in the air as we approached the doors of the church. For you see, long before we even got to the church, the people were lining up, forming, as it were, a hallway that we would pass along, carrying their first fruits of the harvest. And so we saw people carrying pineapples and sheaves of grain and vegetables and wood and a multitude of other products that they were getting ready to bring. And so once all of us that were going to be seated inside sat down, the celebration began. The instruments began playing, they began dancing, they formed a long line, and they started marching into the church, celebrating and holding up the first fruit offerings that they were going to bring. And they came down to the front of the church and they just laid it all out in this great display of the bounty of God on the harvest. A very visible sign of God's goodness. And so we got to look at this, this harvest all throughout the church service as we sang, as we prayed, as the word was preached. And then the service came to an end. And to my great surprise, those that had brought things in came back down to the front. They picked up their offerings and they started to parade out with the dancing and the drums and the musical instruments and the celebration. And as they got out into the courtyard, they formed a great big circle of a spontaneous or impromptu farmer's market. And then those in that were still in the church went out, and many people came from the surrounding villages, and everything was sold 
And all of the money was given back to the church for them to use in their evangelism outreach projects. I thought, what a fantastic symbol of the first fruits of recognizing that all that we have comes from the hand of God. And he asks us to give a portion of it back to him so that it would be used for his service. To me, that is a picture of what Thanksgiving is. And we will be celebrating Thanksgiving this week. And I hope that we will take the time to focus on the greatness and goodness of God as he has provided for us in so many ways that we'll have our hearts full of wonder and maybe as if seeing for the first time or like for the first time, having our eyes open to see the harvest, the bounty that is all around us. Well, today we're going to do something just a little different. You know, typically, you know, we come week by week and we believe in the word of God. You just step by verse by verse by verse. But once in a while, it's okay to do something different. And so today we're going to have more of a topical study. We're going to look at a few texts, but we're going to look at the topic of biblical thanksgiving. And so I invite you to stand as we read one of the texts that we will look at this morning, Psalm 100. And we ask God to give his blessing through the reading of his word. And the truthful word of God says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So, Father, as we have read your word, give us ears to hear it and minds to understand it as your spirit gives guidance now so that Jesus is exalted in our midst. For we pray in his name. Amen. Please be seated. You can follow along in your sermon outline and you can see that there's a whole list of verses that I have put there. We're going to read some of them. Some of them I just want for your edification because I hope during this week you'll take a fresh look at what is Thanksgiving. And first we want to begin with the history of Thanksgiving. And I'm particularly looking at the history of Thanksgiving from the vantage point of the people of God. I know that as a nation, we've celebrated Thanksgiving from the beginning. In fact, even from before the beginning. Going back before 1776, going all the way back to 1620 when the Mayflower Compact arrived at Cape Cod and these pilgrims who were fleeing Religious persecution and seeking a new land dedicated themselves to the king of kings and to the advancement of the Christian faith. And they had a very difficult first winter. Many of them perished. Some of them survived. The harvest was very meager. And they celebrated a first Thanksgiving. Now I encourage you this week as you gather around your tables at home with your children and grandchildren to recount the story of the first American Thanksgiving. We recognize it as something that's important to our country's heritage. And yet, everything that is in the declarations of the Mayflower Compact and in the founding documents even of our country go back even much further than just the beginning of our own land. They go back to the scriptures themselves. In fact, Thanksgiving, properly understood, is not even uniquely an American phenomenon. It's a delightful part of our history but it's something that the people of God have been instructed to do long before any country 
such as ours came into being. As we were reminded a few weeks ago during our celebration of the Reformation, we are a people of sola scriptura, which means we, we recognize that the word of God alone is our authority, and we derive everything from the word of God. And so let's take a look at the word of God. Where do we find mentions of thanksgiving in this holy word? Well, we could go back to Paul's letter as he wrote to the church in Ephesus around 62 AD. I want you to listen carefully to what he said. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything. To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So thanksgiving was seen as an important part of the worship service during the time of Paul, recognizing that we live in an evil age. Therefore, we need to act with wisdom. And as the Spirit guides us, one of the manifestations of that guidance will be a people of God that overflow with thanksgiving. We could go back even further to King David about a thousand years before Christ. Who under the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit said this in 1 Chronicles 16. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Or we might think of David in Psalm 50 after he has been confronted over his sin and he has repented and he is experiencing deep cleansing. In Psalm 50, he says, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. And in response, the Lord says in verse 23, The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. So we see that the response to the grace of God, to his goodness, to what he has accomplished for us, should elicit the response of thanksgiving. Those cries of praise and thanks that flow from our hearts, roll off our lips, and are seen in our lives. But we could go back further. We could go all the way back to the time of Moses, Leviticus chapter 7, where we have these instructions about the offerings that were to be given to the Lord, including one that was called Thanksgiving along with the peace offerings. And you think about Thanksgiving, the offering of thanks, and you think about the peace offering. And, and we hear the foreshadowing of the gospel as Christ is our peace offering who has brought us into peace with God. And as a result, then there is this exaltation of God, this shout of praise, because we are so glad that God in his mercy would bring us into his presence. We see Leviticus 16 where we see the festivals that the people of God were to celebrate. This involved a harvest. 
and the recognition that God was the one who provided the grains. God provided the animals. God provided the rains. God provided it all. And so all of our sacrifices and offerings then find their origin in God himself and should be fragranted, as it were, with thanksgiving to God. All throughout the Old Testament, and indeed we would say in the New Testament, thanksgiving is tied to who God is. And praise is given to him for what he has done. And you'll notice as you go through the Psalms, even as we've seen in the epistles of Paul, praise and thanksgiving are often mentioned side by side. Because we give thanks to God for who he is. Praise to him for what he has done. We recognize that all that we have comes from him. Because he is such a great God. And so thanksgiving then is our obedient response to his gracious provision. He alone who is worthy of all praise and adoration and sacrifice. And so we bring in our hands, we bring in our hearts, we bring with our thoughts what he has first given to us. So that we can just simply offer it back to him and say thank you. In a recognition of how good he is. Now I know I've already read a number of scriptures this morning. But I'm going to ask you to listen to one more. And as I read it, I want you to listen to the rhythms that are in creation. And how creation itself overflows with the confession that God is in charge. I'm going to read Psalm 65. And as I read it, I want you to hear how the psalmist is describing the creator working within creation. And the result is creation gives praise back to him. Psalm 65, praise is due to you, O God, in Zion. And to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgression. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation. The hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. The one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might. Who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves, the tumult of the peoples. So that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout. And sing together for joy. We hear the very testimony of creation itself crying out because God is the one who orchestrates and arranges all things so that there is abundant provision for his people. And so today as we gather in this place, we know that we join in with voices around the world who pause and recognize the source of all life, the source of all blessings, the source of all provision. And it is good for us to pause and give testimony to who he is 
thankful for what he has done. And so you've heard again and again, but I repeat, please come back this afternoon if you're able. Those of you joining us online, come back this afternoon if you're able. So we can have a time around these tables because this room is going to look very different to give words of thanks and praise for who God is and for what he has done. That it might be a way of life for each of us. The words of Psalm 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, that's just a little bit of the history of Thanksgiving for us to understand that it is rooted in the very nature of God himself, rooted in the nature of his relationship with his people, and that we are above all those who are in communion and in covenant with him should be a people who are most grateful. But perhaps we need to step back and review what exactly is Thanksgiving? What are we doing when we talk about this holiday, when we talk about worship, when we talk about what we do as we gather together as the people of God? What is Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is a recognition of our dependence upon God. It is a confession of our need for Him. We recognize when we give thanks that He has provided for us that he has taken care of us, that he is trustworthy in all of the affairs of our lives. In thanksgiving, we confess that we are unable to help ourselves, but that we have a God who is able to help us and to do so lavishly and lovingly and generously. Thanksgiving is an act of honoring God for his provision and for his purpose, for what he has done, for who he is for his people. And when we have an attitude of gratitude, which is what we're going to celebrate this evening in our evening of gratitude, Thanksgiving does two things. Thanksgiving exalts God, and it humbles us. And that keeps things in their proper proportion, proper balance, so that we can grow in our faith, grow in our commitment one to another, and point continually to the goodness of God especially in a world that seems to be disintegrating, we can point people to God who is lavish in his provision and gracious in his actions with his people. And so if we recognize, if thanksgiving is a recognition of our dependence upon God, if thanksgiving is honoring God, then the inverse or the opposite, not to give thanks to God is to sin against the Holy One. And that is what Paul is pointing out in Romans chapter 1. When he says, although they knew God, they did not honor God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their hearts were darkened. If we are in tune with the God of all grace, if our hearts desire to worship him, we will want to be those who give thanks to him. Because ingratitude is a sign of rebellion against him. In Luke 17, Jesus gives the parable, actually not the parable, Jesus heals ten lepers who were social outcasts. And they said, Son of David, have mercy on us. And he does. And all ten of them were healed. And only one came back to give thanks to the source of all healing, to the source of all life. And Jesus said, where are the other nine? 
Now, undoubtedly, if we were to interview the other nine, we would find out, well, they went back to their wives. They went back to their children. They went back to normal life. They probably were at some level thankful and joyful about what they had received. But where they fell down was they didn't come back to give thanks to the one who made it all possible. And how often might it be that if our lives were really scrutinized, we give more thanks for the gift than we do for the giver. We forget to run back to the one who is the source of all and say, thank you, I recognize that it has all come from you. May it never be said of us as Jesus looks at us and says, where are the other nine? They're over there doing their own thing. And we find ourselves in that group. You know, we're surrounded by a culture. I've heard it already many times. You know, this is a season of thanks, and we give thanks. And people even ask, what are you thankful for? But we never bother to ask the question, to whom are we thankful? And that's the most important question of all. We can give thanks that we have blessings, that we have relationships, that we have provision, that we have freedom, that we have all these things. But that's not the source of our thanksgiving. It is the one who has given all of these things and who must always be at the forefront because thanksgiving is ultimately to give honor to God. Well, reminded of that fact then, let's ask our third question. Why can we be thankful? And to that I invite you, if you're able, to turn back to Psalm 100. We're going to take a few cues from this psalm about what are some of the reasons why we can be a thankful people. For we remember in verse 4 it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And so we might imagine that as we came into this building this morning, we entered the gates as it were, coming into the outer courts. And then we came into the courts with praise and thanksgiving. Should not that be our attitude each time we know we're gathering with the people of God. As we come into his presence, all of us as the faithful of God should have it with that heart of expectation, that heart of gratitude that we want to worship. And in this verse, we have what's called a Hebrew parallelism. Hebrew is a language that is rich in poetry, and often what it does is it repeats in the second line what it says in the first line, but just with a little different word to give a little different life. And so if we understand that, then we see that thanksgiving and praise, they just go together again and again and over and over all throughout the scriptures. As we've already said, to give thanks then is to honor the Lord. It is to recognize our dependency upon him, our need for him. That We humble ourselves and say, you alone are God. You alone do all things well. And we don't have necessarily courts and gates and temples today on this side of the cross because it's a new era. Christ now is the door that we enter to go into the presence of God. And by his spirit indwelling in us, he has made us to be the temple of God, the Holy Spirit. And so rather than entering physically into one place over another, we should have an ongoing fellowship with God of thanksgiving and praise. And how much more so than whenever we gather with other believers. Because as the temple of God, we should be that place of praise and thanksgiving to him. Well, in Psalm 100 itself, what are just a few of the reasons? We won't exhaust all the reasons that are here. But why are some of the reasons we can give thanks? First, he owns us. Verse 3. 
Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His possession. We are His people. He not only created us, He redeemed us. And we read earlier, reading Colossians 3, we are His chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. We are the privileged ones to be the people of God. Because we know that none of us deserve it. No one ever will stand in the presence of God and say, I deserve your grace. But everyone will stand in the presence of God and say, I can't believe I'm here. Thank you for being merciful to me. He made us to be his people. And we carry that name, the people of God, Christians. We carry that name around with us. And God has called us to a life of giving honor to him. Just as he called the people of Israel out of Egypt, he called us out among the nations to be his holy possession. And so in Christ, we're the people of God. He purchased us with his blood. 1 Corinthians 6. We've been purchased at a great price. Therefore, we're to honor God with our bodies. Colossians 3. Therefore, we are God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. He is the rightful owner. You know, I might, I might go to the store and I might buy a new kitchen appliance. And I'll flip it upside down and there's a plate on it and it'll say, made in whatever country. And it'll have the name of the company that made it. Well, if you flip us upside down and see the owner plate on our lives. Made by God. For his eternal possession and his eternal glory. And we bear his name. He owns us. That's why we can give thanks to him. Secondly, we can give thanks because he is our shepherd. And to verse 3, for we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. As we look around in the world, as we follow what's happening in the headlines, we know this world is lost. We know that there are many who are wandering in confusion and darkness. Aren't you glad that God is your shepherd? Aren't you glad that he is the one who can guide you? take care of you, lead you on the proper path, that he has his loving hand on your shoulder guiding you and leading you to give him praise all along the way. When Jesus came and he was one by one showing how he was the fulfillment of all the aspirations and promises of the Old Testament, he said in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. And he would have had Psalm 100 and other passages in mind when he said this. I am the good shepherd, he said. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me. And I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus said, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. In this world of confusion, of lies, of would-be teachers on every corner. Think of the wonder of belonging to the Good Shepherd. Who holds you in his hand. Who guides you. And because of that, you can give thanks. Thirdly, we can give thanks to God because the psalmist tells us he is good. Verse 5, for the Lord is good. Now this is a statement of his character. 
It's a statement of his nature. Yes, it's true that he does good things, but he is good. He's goodness. He's the essence of goodness. No stain. No compromise. No sin of any type. He is good. It's his nature. He's good in his thoughts towards us. And that's comforting to us, is it not? Living in a world so full of evil, surrounded as we are by so many angry voices, so many false accusations, to know that God's thoughts towards us are good. And he rejoices over us. He's good all the time to all of his people in every way. We could talk about what that means to be good, and we'll get to a verse later that will help us to understand that. But even when people looked at the life of Jesus, and they saw what he did, and they saw who he pretended to be, and they saw who he, he, what, well, how he taught, even they cried out in Mark 7, he does all things well. They recognized that he was good. Goodness in the flesh. And here's where it's good for us today, because if we're in Christ and dwelt by his spirit, God is now working in us to empower us that we will be good as well. And that we will desire to do good works because we want to reflect more and more the goodness of our God. And so our hearts should be excited that he amazingly wants to use us in the accomplishment of his plans and his will. He wants to work good things through us. But we give thanks to him because he is good. And whatever you face in life, whatever situation, the one thing you can always say in that situation is, God is good, and I will trust him. Fourthly, we can give thanks to God because he is loving. His steadfast love endures forever. Now, the word here is, Chesed, you've heard me mention this verse of this word again and again and again in our story of Ruth. It's because it's so essential to understanding the gospel. This word, chesed, which means the covenant love of God. It's translated loving kindness. But it, it means even deeper than that. It's loyalty. It's covenant commitment. It's devotion. It's his love. It's his passion, if you will, for us. And that love isn't just for a day or just for a moment or just for those few occasions when we actually did it right. His steadfast love endures forever. There's eternal security in this verse. There's security in our relationship to Christ because if his love endures forever toward us, what can separate us from the love of God? So we can be thankful that because his covenant love towards us is secure and eternal, we can be secure in our faith and our devotion. And so we can say how great the Father's love for us. There's no reason for us to ever doubt whether he loves us as his children or not. Because he's shown it to us again and again and again and ultimately in Christ. And he's going to hold us in his hands until he safely delivers us on the shores of heaven.
therefore we can give thanks. We can give thanks because he is faithful forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. No matter the situation, no matter the news cycle, no matter which cable channel, no matter who's president, no matter who owns this company, God is a fountain of hope and life that can never go dry. And his faithfulness will continue. And he can meet his people at every point of need that they have. There simply is no need that we have that he cannot meet. He can do all things because he is faithful, he's powerful, he's able, and he is all wise. Seeing beginning from, beginning from the end, knowing exactly how things should be orchestrated so that he is given all the glory and so that ultimately his people are blessed and prepared for eternity. A great example from history of faith in God, a God who provides, is seen in the life of Hudson Taylor, the great missionary statesman to China, the one that God used to launch a couple of decades of active missionary service. He kept a journal, which we're privileged to be able to read from today, and in one entry he said this, Our Heavenly Father is a very experienced father. He knows very well that his children wake up with a good appetite every morning. He sustained three million Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. We do not expect that he will send three million missionaries to China, but if he did, he would have ample means to sustain them all. Depend on it. God's work done in God's ways will never lack God's supply. God is faithful forever to his children, therefore we can trust him, we can love him. We can give thanks to him because he is good towards his children always. So I've taken a little bit of a look at the history of Thanksgiving and see that it is, it is based in the very nature of God himself. We've looked about what Thanksgiving is, this expression of honoring God, of dependency upon him. We've looked at some reasons why we can be thankful. And I pray that this week you will be active in thinking about reasons for why you can give thanks to God. Because he deserves it. And because you need to remember to give him thanks. It'll be good for your heart. So lastly, we'll look at the practice of thanksgiving. The practice of thanksgiving. It's not enough to just talk in theoretical terms. If the heart of the Christian has been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, then he should be the first who longs to give thanks to God. I read earlier from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 21. And I encourage you to take note of it this week as you study what does Thanksgiving look like. Because what Paul is doing here in Ephesians chapter 5 is he is showing us what it looks like for the Spirit to be guiding the church of Christ. As the church fills and guides the, as the church is filled and guided by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will see it in the things that are mentioned here in these verses. There will be speaking to one another. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's why we need to be together. We need to share testimonies. We need to speak into each other's lives. We need to encourage one another. We need to remind one another about the truths and promises of God. And then there is singing. Yes, singing. You may think that you don't have a voice fit for praise, but you do. And here's the, 
the secret that needs to be let out, we need to hear you sing. We need to hear each other singing one to another. That was how God intended for us to encourage one another, speaking the truth of God to one another and singing. He didn't ask you to be an opera singer. He didn't ask you to go on tour. He didn't ask you to cut an album. He said, sing praises to my name and sing with my people. Okay? Your voices are beautiful. Because what what are they used for? As instruments to give praise to God. So they're speaking to one another, they're singing, then there's giving thanks. And we know that a church is being guided by the Spirit of God when there's a spirit of thanksgiving that overflows in our worship, overflows in our interaction, overflows in how we encourage one another. And then lastly, there'll be service. We won't come to be served, we will look to serve and look to manifest the character of God in serving one another. So you see the reason why we need to be together. Because I can't fulfill these things on my own. I need you to be here. And you need each other to be here so we can fulfill these commands to encourage and serve and help one another. But notice in verse 20 of chapter 5, the book of Ephesians, the things for which we are to be thankful. Giving thanks. Some of the time when things are well, when you feel like it. Is that what it says? Give thanks for the things that are mostly going okay. Give thanks when there's an A on the report card. No, the inspired word of God says give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we give thanks, we honor God. When we give thanks, we recognize God, that he is in control. And my friends, if God is in control, listen, he makes no mistakes. So, when we groan in life, when things are not quite the way we want them to be, we give thanks. Why? Because when we give thanks, we say to God, you got this. And I will trust you. You're in control. And I will believe you. You have spoken. And I will take you at your word. Giving thanks honors God. We've said not to give thanks dishonors God. We might call that complaining. Complaining tells God that somehow he made a mistake. Because they're just not going the way I think they should go. And complaining turns the focus onto us instead of where it needs to be, which is on God. My friends, complaining is deadly to the soul. And it's deadly to any community. And think about the history of God's people. Complaining left a whole generation of Israelites dead on the desert floor. That's what God thinks about complaining. When he provides and provides and provides again. But the one who is led by the Spirit of God and who is thankful, that graciousness of God overflows in his life because we want to be around people who trust God. We want to be around people who thank God. We want to be around people who are joyful even if life is difficult and perhaps especially when life is difficult because the natural thing is to go the way of the grumpy guy. 
The supernatural way under the power of the Holy Spirit is to give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the same thing mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 5. In three very short commands, Paul says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do you see the close connection here like we see in the Psalms between praise and thanksgiving? And now we see the Christian life. What are the things in the Christian life? There's prayer. We ask God. There's praise. We rejoice in God. We give thanks for what God has done. Do you see how the, these short verses just encapsulate the Christian life? Prayer, thanksgiving, and joy. Worship. And when Paul says to give thanks in all circumstances, he means give thanks in all circumstances. He's not trying to trick us. There's no mystery here. In good times and in bad, in times of provision and in times of lack, when all seems bright and light, when things seem dark, give thanks. Because it's a way of saying, I trust you, God. You know what you're doing. It also is a reflection then that we're in tune with the Spirit of God. In thanksgiving, we show that we trust God even when life hurts. Even when things do not turn out the way we expect. In thanksgiving, if we are the people of God, thanksgiving then fulfills the promise we have in Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, you hear the condition? Those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. This isn't just a blanket promise that just goes out to all people of all times everywhere. This goes out to those who are in tune with the spirit of God. Who are called of God. And who love him. The ones that are chosen in Christ. Who are loved in Christ. Who are redeemed in Christ. They recognize that God is in control for his ultimate glory. And for the good of his great global cause. And we give thanks not because all things are good, but because God is always good. And we can trust him in the trials. We can praise him in the difficult times. We can give thanks because he's in control. And my friends, today, now, is the time for us to get that right in our mind. While we're thinking about it, while we're understanding it, say, yes, Lord. I believe you, I take you at your word, and I will give thanks in every circumstance, not because the circumstance is good, but because you're good. And then you can ask him what he wants to do in the midst of that trial in your life, what lessons he wants you to discover, what hidden blessings that he has even in the midst of difficulty. Resolve to hide God's word in your heart. And to trust him now when things seem to be a little bit easy so that you're ready when things get a little more difficult. I'm so thankful in my own life that by the grace of God, and it truly is only the grace of God, having been exposed to good teaching, having had those that built into my life, that early on in my Christian life, and then early on in my marriage with Carol and our ministry overseas, we were committed to giving thanks in all circumstances. We didn't know when we first got married 
and we made those vows in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, that we were going to give thanks to God in all circumstances for all things. We didn't know where that would lead, but we knew that God was leading us and that we could trust Him. In 1993, we were newlyweds. We had just moved into a house in Dakar, Senegal, where I was leading a ministry among Muslim students. And it was a national holiday. So we decided to take the day and go to the beach. And when we came home, we found that our house had been broken into. Doors were broken, things were taken down, and somehow... They must have seen us when we left because we were gone all day. They must have searched and searched and they found the key to our safe. And they stole everything out of the safe. Our camera, our salary for the month. I had just gone to the bank the day before. But more importantly, among other things that were stolen, they stole my wife's engagement ring. You know, that ring that I had saved for years to buy. She was afraid of losing it in the ocean waves and so we locked it in the safe to go to the beach. We come home, we feel violated, we feel afraid. After all, we're foreigners in a strange land. We're shaken. Could we ever feel safe again? How do we deal with the emotions? Who can we trust? Life doesn't look very good right now. Report the incident to the police. We knew that we could not count on the police, unfortunately, to ever do anything. Patched up some of the gates to keep them at least closed enough during the night that we could hear if they were broken down again. And then I turned to Carol and I said, we need to go give thanks to God. So I went into the living room and we sat down and we gave thanks that this had happened. And we gave thanks that we could trust God. And yes, the tears were flowing. It was difficult. But we said, we trust you, God. You are still good. And we ask that you glorify your name through this. And whatever it is that we have lost, you're more than able to make up. Well, there's faith and there's faith in action. So we got to fix some doors. <laughs> so we put new doors in. This time they were steel doors. We got a dog. And we knew because we were going to be gone during most of the day, we needed to hire someone to be a guard, a watchman. This was a common practice in West Africa, and we met a man named Joseph, who was a Senegalese Christian who needed a job, and he was a man of great character, and so we hired him. He was a great employee. We fast became friends. I was able to disciple him and train him and teach him the word in the times we had together. But, you know, we were there to promote the gospel all around the country of Senegal, and so our vision was growing, and we decided that the next step was to be a whole series of what we call Jesus film teams, nationals that we would train to use the Jesus film and evangelism that would go from village to village to show the film in the open air, preach the gospel and do discipleship and, and plant churches from those that came. We thought Joseph is just the man for this job. You know, we loved him as a friend and we loved him as a guard. We knew there was a higher purpose. And so we released him to be trained in the ministry and to become one of our Jesus film team leaders. Well, uh, the training took about nine months or so, and I had the privilege of being part of that, and it came time for their commissioning. We're going to commission these men into ministry and send them off to the southern part of the country where they're going to show the film in places where Jesus was not known. 
and I'm just really enjoying the service of commissioning. And then all of a sudden, the word, the word just started ringing in my mind like a clarion bell. What Jesus, or what God had said through Joseph in Genesis 50. They meant it for evil. I meant it for good. And I kind of was startled because it was almost as if it was a voice I could hear out loud. And though I'm not normally given to this, suddenly I could, I, could, I could see in my mind's eye because I could imagine the settings and I could imagine the people that were gathered and I could imagine that they're hearing about Christ for the first time and I could imagine some of them coming to Christ. And then I realized this wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been robbed. But God does all things well. He guides all things well. And in my heart, I gave thanks again and I said, thank you, God, that I can trust you in all things. And knowing that I'm going to meet brothers and sisters in Christ one day through the ministry of Joseph. I know it's all of God. I know it's all of God, but he uses instruments. And I believe it's in large measure because we learn to give thanks even in the difficult times. And he said, we trust you, God, to do whatever. And in this case, we clearly saw what that whatever would be. The propagation of the gospel and the advancement of the church in a little West African country. And to God be all the glory. As you think through your life today, you can give thanks. If you have good health or if you're on a bed of pain, you can give thanks because God is still in that situation. So invite him in and ask what he would want for you in that situation. Ask how he can draw you into deeper intimacy with him. Ask how he might use that to speak through you to others for his glory. As you look at your families, your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, or if you have neighbors and friends and you're not yet married, you can look around and say, look at these people I can impact for the gospel. And give thanks and say, oh God, would you use me to impact their lives? And give thanks by faith how he can use you. And then when you see him using you, give thanks again. As you look at the needs in your life, whatever you may have or not have, whatever you may think you need or even what you want, you can give thanks to God. He promises to provide daily bread for his children. He promises to be with his children. He promises to go through the suffering with his children. And you can give thanks. But most importantly, if you're in Christ this morning, you have so many reasons to give thanks. Your sins are forgiven. Your names are recorded in the Lamb's book of life. Christ has prepared a place for you to be with him forever. You have his spirit indwelling within you. You have the word of God to guide you. You have the fellowship of the saints to encourage you. You have intimacy with him on a daily basis through his word. You have spiritual gifts. You have blessings galore. We should be among the first to give thanks to God if in fact we're in Christ. And a billion, billion years from now, we will be gathered around the throne of God giving thanks 
for all of his abundant blessings and that we're in his presence. We started out by reading from Psalm 100, which says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, and one day we will cross over the threshold into his eternal courts and his eternal gates, and we will give thanks to him forever. And so, my friends, let's get ready as a people who give thanks even now as a way of life because he is so good. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the joy of thanksgiving. We thank you that you remind us of who you are. And Father, forgive us for those times where we are so narrow in our understanding that we don't see you. Open our eyes to see you in a greater way that we might praise you more. We thank you for Jesus. Father, this week would you guide us to be a thankful people in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our offices, in our schools, in the stores. That people would sense the fragrance and aroma of Christ because we are a thankful people. Father, to you be all the glory as we commit ourselves to you anew. In Jesus' name. We've certainly heard so much about why we should give thanks to God, one of those being his love for us. So let's stand as we sing, as we close out our service about the magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. Matchless love, too vast and astounding to tell. Forever existing in worlds above, now offered and given to all. O fountain of beauty eternal, the Father, the Spirit, the Son, sufficient and endlessly generous. And marvelous, matchless love. Creation is brimming with thankfulness. Mountains exultant, they stand. The seasons rejoice in your faithfulness. All life is sustained by your hand. You crown every meadow with color. You paint every shade in the sky. Each day the dawn wakes as an encore. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. How great, how sure his love endures forever. Marvelous, matchless love. What grace that you entered our brokenness. You came in the fullness of time. 
how far we had fallen from righteousness, but not from the mercies of Christ. Your cross is our door to redemption. Your death is the fullness of life. That day how forgiveness flowed as a flood. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. How great, how sure His love endures forevermore. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. United in your resurrection, you lift us to infinite heights. Could anything sever or take us from magnificent, marvelous, matchless love? How great, how sure his love endures forever. take a moment to stay around and fellowship with one another, and then as many as possible come back this afternoon that we can talk about the wonderful, matchless love of God, opportunities to serve throughout the week, but my prayer for each of you is that as you gather around your tables this week, that you will be a thankful people and reminding one another of how blessed we are in Christ. I'm going to stay down front for a few moments. If, if you have a prayer burden that you'd like to share that we can bring to the Lord together, I'll be glad to receive you and we can pray together. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us go in peace. Have a wonderful Lord's Day.